You're listening to Wabi Sabi Podcast, and I'm your host, Adam Yasmin. Welcome to 2021. You made it. We're alive. We're surviving. We're learning about resilience. Hopefully learning about what's most important to us in terms of friends, family, comrades, community, mutual aid. Definitely also grappling with digital overwhelm, tech addiction, while we still try and figure out the best way to work from home while we're living on top of each other at home, raising kids, virtual school, Zoom meetings to do everything, whether it's have therapy, do a dance class, watch a movie with a friend. Definitely feels messy, but there are ways to improve the experience to create healthier boundaries with our tech use and I'm excited to share with listeners that now as of January 1st 2021 I am a proud member of the Digital Wellness Collective having been certified and am coaching individuals, families, and distributed teams on how we can improve our relationship with our daily tech use. I'll just leave that seed planted here. Reach out if you can use some support in that realm. I know we all can. Just on my website, adamyasman.com. And I'm super excited to start this new season of conversations with my friend Shannon Lee, founder of Bruce Lee Family Companies. So without further ado, here is Shannon Lee. Uh, I'm here with Shannon Lee. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome to Wabi Sabi Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is my pleasure to be here. I'm thrilled to have this conversation. Um, so given given the sort of, there's an almost Freaky Friday kind of vibe of, of just, you know, we were, we were laughing before I hit record yeah. about just, you know, having the right setup or the wrong set up or just saying, ah, oh, you know what, this, this thing will work. That'll, you know, I'm not really going to stress over this yeah. thing or that thing. Um, what are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking, um, tea Kuan Yin, mm. which is, which is one of my favorite teas. Um, it's a, it's an oolong, right? And a part of what I love is that it comes in these little wrapped up balls and then it like unravels and expands, which I, which I love. And it has a really lovely mellow, um, you know, goddess of mercy sort of <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, texture to it, you know, like it's really, it's really comforting. 
That's right. So for the people who may not know, Guanyin mm. as a as a figure is known as the goddess of mercy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and compassion. And, and compassion. And children and women and you know all, all of these um, yin states. Yin states exalted in I think probably the most ultimate yin expression which to me is 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 the is an ex, having a uh, experience of drinking tea mm. and part of that experience which i've been privileged to share with you yes is to is to host tea a tea experience to be brewing to be sitting to be gathering to be sharing silence to be conversing it, that whole experience in the name of of uh, in the name of compassion and guanyin mm-hmm. is something that uh, is harder to do in a pandemic <laughs> yes <laughs> but, but to be fair we're doing it right now so i'm i'm grateful for sure I'm grateful for you yeah i'm grateful for you too <clears throat> So, <laughs> I love it. The sounds yeah. of life. The, the sounds, sounds of, of life. The sounds of life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This you is know, like... and, and I have and I have to say, like, as as what you led into at the top when you said, you know, whether this setup or is it the right one or the wrong one or whatever, it's happening anyway. I've been really trying to sit with this notion of letting go of those types of absolutes of right or wrong and just being with what is and and that and you know in in the flow of the journey if you will absolutely i'm in agreement and it definitely is a journey you know constantly every day and um well there's so many things that i (laughs) I <laughs> would love to speak with you in this time that we have together. And yet I don't, yeah. I've never come into these conversations with this sort of premeditated, like, I'm going to, we're going to talk about ABC and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's, it's a, I'm always approaching this in the same way that I approach pouring tea where it's like, imagine it's the first time. Imagine it's like a, there's a Zen mind, beginner's mind that I, I aim for yeah. when I approach these and you just, you just released a book called Be Water, my friend. I did. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It was, um, it was a really wonderful experience. I have to say, um, the whole process of writing the book, editing the book, preparing the book, putting it out into the world, um, and now having it be something that exists. Um, a many layered <laughs> experience and and quite a journey you know there's a there was a roller coaster um, uh, ride to it and there were parts that were challenging at certain times and challenging at others but i i do feel really good about the book that has been captured um one of the scary things 
about it was, so I ended up writing the book over the course of about a year. And then once I submitted it to my publisher, my editor, she um, sat with it for quite a long time, like, like five or six months went by before I got comments back just because there for no other reason than that she, they had a bunch of other books ahead of in the queue of mine and my release date they knew wasn't going to be for a while. So, so like the work part was getting this first draft in their hands and that took a year and that was about rigorous, you know, um, discipline and deadlines and, um, and, and just getting, getting it out. And then, um, and then I had all this time where it sat in her hands. And then when it came back to me was, you know, I really had to dig in and look at the comments and make changes. And, and it was, it was such a, I was so grateful actually that I had all that time. And because one of the fears, one of the things I was experiencing in the whole process of the book from beginning to end was that I was in a extreme personal, extremely personal period of self-growth and learning from a lot of mistakes and, and my consciousness expanding and and so I was so grateful that I had that time because I got to learn and grow and evolve more during that time. So that when I came back to the book to start editing it, I was in some ways a, a, a different person and had clearer eyes and newer eyes with which to look at the material. And the book really benefited from that. Amazing. And how much of that process uh, happened during this pandemic? So the book, uh, I, let me, let me think about this for a minute. I finished my final, final edits, uh, just as we were going into the pandemic. So, um, probably March or beginning of April, I kind of got it totally done. Um, so when I was sitting and reading, reading it, I really wanted, I really wanted to make sure as, as much as possible, this is the scary thing about books. And in fact, this is the thing that my father, that always stopped my father from writing a book. In, I mean, there have been many books published since he passed away, but, um, but during his lifetime, he was always saying, you know, once it's in a book, it's concretized. And then people will go, that's what he believes that that's, that's it, you know? And he was like, but my whole process is that it's a process without end. And this is what I understand in this moment, but you know, a year from now it could be different. And in fact, I want you to explore that process within yourself and not just take something as the gospel truth and, oh, this is what it is, you know, but be in exploration for oneself, you know? And so I really, I really wanted it, at least when I sort of like said goodbye to the book and put it out in the world to say like, does this book at least as best as possible reflect my understanding in as in this moment for who I am right now 
in a way that can be that 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 will be useful to that will be useful that will be able to be taken in that isn't too you know like you have to do it this way or that you know like I wanted it to have <laughs> as much of a gentle a, a way of being received but uh, by as many people as possible and I and I felt that I did the best that I could at that time. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. And and I'm saying this as as someone who has yet to read the book. Hmm. So for, so forgive me for having not been able to set that up prior to this conversation. That's okay. But, I have a book for you. Okay. <laughs> so I just need to dare to leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> to, get it, to get it to you. <laughs> I would love, I would, yeah. And in, in good time, I would love to have a physical copy. And, and honestly, I actually, do you have an, you have, I'm assuming you have an audio version as well. I do. Did you narrate it? I did. Oh my gosh. Then I will, I am getting that right after we end this yeah. conversation. And, and that did happen in the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. So. So. Okay, so I'm definitely going to, yes. <laughs> I'm going to have, I love both. I love, yeah. I love, you know, reading as well, as much as I love um, absorbing um, yeah. through, through, um, yeah. through auditory means. Yeah. Um, and this book, as I understand it from, from being able to observe it from this distance, it is about it is taking philosophies of you know from your dad and compiling them into this format of this book. Is it also um, in uh, sort of like an autobiographical um, aspect as well? As I mean, how much of you is in is in this book? Is is what I'm curious about. Yeah, there's a lot of me in this book, actually. The book is interesting because uh, I actually have it right here. Um, but because it, um, it's, it's part self-help book, for philosophical manuscript. Um, it's, it's part biography in that I tell a lot of stories about my father and it's in part autobiography because I talk about myself and my own experience but it's not a hundred percent any of those things so it's it's an amalgamation of of those three modes and um and I I think it works well um but I had to put myself so my aim the, the book is called Be Water, My Friend. And it's and that is a very famous quote of my father's. Um, the, the, the long version of which is, um, empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water. If you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. If you put it into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. If you put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash be water, my friend. So I really took that whole part, plus the other notes that he had around the, the nature and essence of water and broke it down chapter by chapter. Um, 
I broke it down in terms of um, what the, all the different layers mean, um, how my father applied them in his life, how I have applied them in my own life and the meaning that I take away from it. And then how you as the reader can also apply it to your own life. And it's really just giving you some things to think about and consider. You know, it's not meant to be like, do this, do that. In fact, at the end of the day, the, it's meant to just, you know, hopefully uh, open up the reader's mind to some things that maybe they may or may not have considered before. And if they have considered, maybe it's a slightly different way of taking it in. Um, which, you know, I mean, which is why I think it's important for people to continue to put their, their understanding of things out in the world, because you never know when it will suddenly make sense to someone who's listening. Um, and so I really, I really felt like I had to talk about myself because the idea, as you can tell from, from the quote I just recited, my father had a very poetic way of speaking. And, and sometimes poetry is open to interpretation and can feel like it's not being 100% direct. And, um, and so I wanted to sort of take his thoughts, ideas, and experiences and, and, and present them in as simple a way as possible. Um, and as plainly as possible. And in like, you know, I have trouble with this, <laughs> you know, like you probably know what I'm talking about <laughs> sort of way, you know, so that anyone, you know, like all the beautiful transcendent philosophy is there and all of the sort of very utilitarian discourse on it is there as well. I think it's very, I just have to say as someone who consumes and absorbs books and media on my terms, mm -hmm. it's very generous of you to, to have those different and yet cohesive aspects to the book there is a biographical aspect to it there's a self-help aspect to it and there's an autobiographical aspect to it and so different people can get something different and and unique to them as they approach this book differently maybe at a different time maybe in a different mood yeah definitely definitely um i am curious because i've never really asked you this and so i'm excited to to get into uh, into this line of thinking in this container of a conversation, what is it like for you to? Um, I don't know if it's solely, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean it's it's from from uh, from my perspective, it looks like you are you are carrying your dad's legacy as we move forward, you know, in in time. What is that like? for you? Uh, what is that like for me? I mean, it's, it's, it's so many things. Um, you know, on the one hand, I, I, this is actually something I've been sitting with a lot, which is this notion of identity, this notion of uh, 
who am I and who am I in relation to this? And is, is this part of my identity? Is it a meaningful part of my identity? <laughs> you know, like, and, and I think that the answer to that question is in a lot of ways um, unknowable um, as well as um, meaningful, but also not meaningful in the sense that you know, I've really been sitting a lot lately with this notion of meaning and how these meanings that we create are a form of attachment and that those attachments create um, a lot of, a lot of sufferings, uh, a lot of, a lot of the time, you know, like they work for a while and, <laughs> and then they stop working. <laughs> and, and so my experience uh, as a person who attempts to work on themselves um, on an ongoing basis, sometimes with more success than others, but uh, because I'm a human, um, I, the more I ask myself the question of, you know, who am I? What is my identity? Um, while at the same time, like growing and having these explorations of consciousness and oneness and wholeness and uh, non-attachment and all of these sorts of things, I start to realize that like the self is dissolving a little bit, you know, and, and that this life that we live in, and I'll get to answering your question in a minute, but this life that we live in is so challenging because of that. It's like, because there is a certain amount of identity and personality and stuff that we have to maintain, that we do maintain, that we kind of need to move through and navigate the world a little bit and all of that. And at the same time, to hold a greater understanding and a greater sense of world self in relation to world um universe you know like a go as big as you want um is it's a great practice and 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 can be very challenging so so how does that relate to me i mean in my life it's it's something i've been in relation to my whole life and it has changed and i've experimented with different things and and um I think I'm finally at a stage, especially with the release of this book, even though the book is about my father's philosophies, it's also about my understanding of these philosophies. And I think that this philosophical space is where he and I really intersect and where we share a oneness. And so there is, there is not necessarily too much of a separation of identity in that space. Um, but then to ask myself, well, but then who am I separate and apart from him? And, you know, I, I do uphold my father's legacy and I um, am proud to do that because I think there's a lot of value to humanity in continuing to put that forth. Um, and there's a, a large aspect of that that is a job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, 
looking at t-shirt designs and, you know, all that kind of stuff is like, that's my job, you know, like, and, and I need to do a job in order to support myself and all that kind of stuff. But, um, and, the, and the fact that my father, you know, I, I, I think it's really hard to explain all of this, you know, in words. I'm like having all these feelings in my body right now. I'm like, oh, how do I yeah. describe all of this? <laughs> <laughs> but um I think that I and I and I say this actually in the introduction to my book which is um how can I say you know who am I separate and apart from being Bruce Lee's daughter and and it's not possible to separate myself from that so so the so the question I think I'm coming back to more and more is um, that there's no need to to separate or to over-identify or any of that. There's only a need to search within myself for what is meaningful and 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 what choices I'm making in in my life. You know, like like I said, like some of what I do is a job, and I do that job. Um, it's not an unenjoyable job, but it's, it's still work. It's still not like it's, it's necessarily lighting me up, you know, and I'm, people are demanding emails and answers and I have to read legal contracts and I have to, da, 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 you know, but, and I'm, and that's a choice that I've made. And, um, and I can, I can make a different choice at, at, at any, at any time. Um, but for now continues to be a valid choice for me. And the writing of this book has somehow opened in me a, a, a desire to follow that path in within myself more now and to make space for that in the world. And again, it's, it's not a path that's entirely divorced from my father either. So I don't know, Adam. <laughs> I love the, I love the the po I think there's a very poetic and very real and very complicated version can easily be it's like a slinky of, of yeah. it really it really isn't I don't know and that's why you know I I feel like um I mean first of all thank you for just exploring that and I'm I you know, I'm, I, I hesitate to, to ask what I sometimes I think is such a cliched question. Hmm. I, I don't mean to, to um, like, for instance, I, I, I equally am curious to ask another, yeah. another, another question at, at that depth or deeper, which is, and we don't, you know, we don't have to really go into it if it's, if it's, if it, there's too many feels, which is understandable, but it's like, mm -hmm. as someone who I can only imagine the level of loss and grief that you've experienced throughout your life mm -hmm. with the loss of your father and your brother, how do you, 
how do you work with that grief and loss, you know? And I feel like you were, you were touching on that in, in what you were just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's been a, you know, almost an entirety of my lifelong journey as well. Cause I mm. lost my father when I was four. Um, and in a lot of ways it took losing my brother to even fully understand the significance of the loss of my father. Um, it's been an unfolding of all of this, all, all of the sensations and subconscious buried traumas and, and um, things that have formed me um, in ways I wasn't even aware of being formed um, through the lens of these losses um, and the grief. Um, and it's, it's been a significant, I mean, I, I have to say one of the things I've been sitting with, um, is that I've come to a place of gratitude, you know, um, I've, I've had a lot of gratitude over time, but I've about different aspects of all of, all of these things, um, that I've processed, but I've come to a place of gratitude recently around um, having death be one of my most profound teachers because there's really no better teacher about life than death in, in a lot of ways because um, Because it's, I mean, and we can get into a much more like a larger philosophical conversation about what is death, what is life. <laughs> but in, in stark sort of just like common sense, practical um, human terms, it is, it is the opposite, right? It's the end of, of what we consider to be our human experience um, in, in, this, in this body, right? So... So, so it teaches you about, about what it is to be in this human body, <laughs> you know, in the most, if you want, if you, if you, if you accept to be taught, you know, because obviously we need to invite the lesson and then agree to go on the journey. But um, I have just felt, I, I think in the first, easily the first 20, almost 30 years of my life, and I'm 51. So the, or easily the first 30 years of my life, I was like in staunch resistance to that, going on that journey. I was like, nope, <laughs> you know? And, and, uh, I was in a lot of in, interior uh, pain and, and mild depression throughout most of my life. And I didn't even know it. Um, certainly I knew it, but I didn't understand that this isn't how you have to feel, <laughs> you know? So, 
So then when my brother died and that grief was just like a tidal wave, I mean, it was just so overwhelming to me. Um, I, I really felt like I was drowning. I really, it, it, I, it really felt like I don't know because I had not allowed myself to learn about life through the lens of my father's death. This was like even a, a, a fully insurmountable occurrence like uh, what like I didn't because I wasn't raised um in a religion um I I didn't have any construct nobody had ever talked to me about anything spiritual <laughs> so I know con con concept for any of this and I remember sort of desperately wishing that I had because I didn't know what to do with it I didn't know where to put it I didn't know how to grieve it I just could just feel this like intense overwhelming um mournfulness and desperation and the crazy part about it is that you know when someone dies there's a lot of crying and grieving that is sort of socially acceptable for a while. <laughs> and then and then that all goes like under wraps. And it's like, I would drive her I, on the outside to my friends. I was trying to pursue an acting career, which to me is like crazy at this, when I look back on it, like showing up at acting, you know, for auditions and, and, um, driving around in my car, having parties. I got married during this time, like all, all of these things. And I would drive around in my car and I would just sob, <laughs> just sob in my car and hope nobody could see me, you know? And like, and I just had this mantra in my head that said, help me, I can't live like this, help me. I can't live like this. And what I came to realize later is that that was me sending my signal out into the universe and, um, and the universe responded and, and, and help arrived. Now, the difference between doing it that way and doing it consciously is that it took a while for the, the help to arrive because it wasn't proactively trying to find help. I was just suffering and subconsciously going, please help me, you know? And, and I talk about this in the book and the help that arrived interestingly was um, my father's writings. They were actually given to me um, totally. I didn't ask for them. And what, what forms of writings? Like so, journalism. yeah, so, so my father didn't journal in the typical sense, like he didn't have formal journals. He wrote on loose, he wrote in some notebooks, but like on little pieces of paper, loose leaf paper, some stuff is typed, most of it's handwritten, but, um, but there, we had had all these papers all this time. And of course I knew the papers existed. And of course I knew a lot of the general, more popular quotes. And I flipped through the Tao Te Ching and different books and things like that. So I was very generally familiar, but my mom was contemplating publishing more of his writings. And so in order to do that, they had made photocopies of all of them. 
and I was handed and they were like, well, we made all these photocopies. You want a set? And I was like, okay. And I was handed like, like a stack, like three phone book, you know, for anyone who knows what a phone book is. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Showing my age. Um, (laughs) Of, um, of these photocopies of these writings and I just started leafing through them and and I came across a quote that I had never heard before and the quote said the medicine for my suffering I I have within me but I um I have within me but I uh have not taken it and then it said, um, it went on to say, um, the, uh, I, I, uh, I wish I had it in front of me right this second, but um, um, the medicine for my suffering I had within me all along, but I did not take it. My ailment came from within myself, but I did not observe it until this moment. And now I see that if I am ever to find the light, I must be like the candle and be my own fuel. And I don't know what it was just in that moment, maybe just because I saw the word suffering and like the medicine for my suffering, that phrase to me, it just hit me in the chest. And I was like, oh, like, you have to actually seek the cure, you know? I mean, yes, can it come over time or can uh, maybe, you know, (laughs) haphazardly, but um, you've been going that route now for a long time. Because by the way, this is about seven years after. Well, maybe, no, I take that back. It was about three or four years after my brother died. So I've been suffering heinously for three or four years and then I got this and then over the next three three or so years is when I finally started to seek some tools to help me and then I finally started to heal wow And I think, you know, this is why this book is important to me, because Mm -hmm. what I want to say to people is there are tools, there is help, there's shifts in perspective that can be so meaningful that your whole world can look different. And, and there, there are a million tools out there, like even if my book isn't the tool, like, maybe it will just crack, like, the door open just enough that then you can find what actually works for you because there's so many ways to, and so many methods and so many possibilities, you know, we just, we stop ourselves. It's incredible to hear well, first of all, I mean, just to say that, well, th- I mean, number one, thank you for really going into all that, just to share that um, recollection and that processing, because there is no one way 
for people to grieve. There is no right or wrong. There is no fast or slow. It's, it is its own, you know, it is not a linear time thing. No. Um, I still grieve. I mean, when I yes. read the chapter about this in my book for the audiobook, I burst into tears and I had to stop and collect myself in order to read the words on the page, you know? So it's, it's always there. It's something you're kind of always carrying with you. Yeah. You know. But to, to hear you describe how in, in the throes of it, you didn't sound like you were seeking guidance or counsel through some through someone or a guide or a you know but you ended up <laughs> you ended up finding it in this triple yellow pages stack of these i mean you were describing these loose pieces of paper these these notes these handwritten notes and i'm i'm getting this visual of like like fallen leaves, just like a stack of leaves or something with different <laughs> colors and some of the edges are burnt. And it's, you know, it, it sounds, it's like, yeah, loose writings and stuff. It sounds maybe to someone sounds incomplete or imperfect. And yet I hear, I look at that and I, I see that visual is, <clears throat> it's so beautiful. Um, it's so unique and it's so each one so precious yeah. and um, yeah I'm, I'm just really really grateful that you you know walk me walk me through that yeah no I mean I I think it it, it has it taught me a lot like I, I think that this, this grief, you know, and it's been in layers and phases over time, obviously, um, and different degrees of intensity at different times. But I think that it, I'm so grateful for it because in a lot of ways, even though it was the most horrific, difficult thing that I've had to do in my, in my life, um, so far, um, <laughs> who knows what's around the corner. Um, I, um, I really have gratitude for the way in which it ripped me open, you know, and Absolutely. And I know that that's hard to hear because nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to feel pain and discomfort, um, especially in the extreme. But sometimes, I, I think up to that point, I was living a perfectly fine life, but it was a it was a pretty muted life. It was fairly disconnected, and and it was sort of like that's not an option anymore. So. Um, you have to start figuring this out. 
or this is, or this is how you're going to feel. And I was like, that's unacceptable. (laughs) And And it makes me think of this. I, you know, I have no idea who, where the quote came from, but it's something like you, I've seen it 8 billion times, probably on a coffee mug or in a meme, but you know, the, 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 the sort of timeless quote of, you know, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Yeah, totally. And that's not to say that anyone's, that's not to negate anyone's suffering or to make less of anything. Yeah. Um, but in, in the context with which you speak about your process, that just sounds like a really applicable uh, uh, recollection of that, which is amazing. Well, and I think now too, I mean, to this notion of death being a great teacher about life, it's sort of like, you know, when you experience the disappearance of a person, you know, like you, you kind of realize and, and people experience it in, on all, many levels, right? Like they have a, a pet that dies. They have, you know, any kind of disappearance of the physical form of this thing um um it it really um i sort of lost my train of thought a little bit but um it, it it's sort of like when you when you experience that it it suddenly everything else snaps into focus because everything else is sort of a degree of a problem based compared to that. Now, of course I've grown and, and now I have a different concept of the soul and, you know, um, that I have a sense of my father as he still exists, but, but, in the beginning, when you don't have that, it's sort of like there was, there was this person here and now this person is gone and there's no fixing that, you know? And I feel like everything else, there's um, a lot more options, (laughs) you know, (laughs) on, on what to do about it. Like this one, this one, um, faces you with a very, with a very um, stark contrast. Yeah, and I think it sounds like the contrast is what can really um, sort of stifle people. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna be done? I'm gonna be done in a few minutes. Because I want to stay in the hallway. Okay, I give you a few more minutes and then we can totally do that. Thank you for asking, okay? I want to skate in the hallway too. I know, this is <laughs> silver lining of, of the pandemic is hallway skating. It's awesome. Um, which is actually a really great segue into this, you know, this, this last question before we can sort of bookmark it into this next conversation. Yeah. Which is, you know, how has... Almost sounds like a silly question at this point, but taking all that we've spoken about and how we how we um, take that into account in terms of being being in terms of the the journey of parenthood, 
Mm-hmm. You know, because you because you are a parent, and I'm curious to know what you've what you've in considering what you've experienced. How has that influenced you as a parent? Well, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that, again, back to sort of this notion of of bringing everything into focus in a way, Um, I... It really helped me to understand... um, to a degree, some of the things that are important, you know, and I didn't, I didn't, um, I did a lot of my parenting by feel, I still do, (laughs) to to various degrees of success, but, um, but it made me, um, it, I, I, I think it, I think it's just helped me to see sort of the bigger picture in a lot of ways, which is like, you know, whenever I would start to stress out as parents do about like, when is this phase going to end? You know, (laughs) 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 am I doing it wrong? Am I ruining my child? (laughs) Are they going to be that, that kid that like never figured out how to do blah, blah, blah. I just, it always it always, you know, like they're in a process too, and their process is their own process. And I have to treat this person, no matter what size and what developmental level they're at as a, as a fully formed human who is now having to, I'm having to shepherd this person through this experience of life on earth, which is super challenging. And it's made it a lot easier for me, like, you know, I'm like this person, uh, the, the shepherding of this person is extremely important to me. It's extremely important to me to attempt to give her the tools that I didn't have. Um, it's extremely important to be as open and communicative with her as I can. Um, because I understand the consequences of not having been communicated to or not having at least even been shown different possibilities. Um, I can't, um, I can't, you know, force my will onto her, you know, (laughs) like, I guess, I guess all of this, like this notion of who who, especially in this world of social media and like all this stuff, like, who are you? What's your identity? What does being Bruce Lee's granddaughter mean to her? All I can do is, is sort of continue to try to point out, you know, to, to, to give her as many tools and as much inner strength as, as, and love and light as I can and be there to you know point at different things at different times as needed um but that the thing i try to instill in her is that it doesn't matter who you are what you do 
what matters is are you do are you feeling good as much of as you can are you able um throughout as much of your life as possible <laughs> you know like to me at the end of the day that's what's most important and the rest of it is all just you know it's it's just the dressing i don't know you know it's the set dressing totally <laughs> yeah. and i and i think that i had to grow through a lot like have a lot of awarenesses and awakenings to be able to then be able to 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 give that perspective without the healing that i've done in myself and the understanding i mean i have to tell you when i when i finally started working on myself and healing uh you know the majority of of the immediacy of the grief that i was feeling um and i kind of woke up out of like a mild depression that i'd been carrying around for 20 years of my life for 25 years of my life i um i was like oh you know, I mean, like, have you had that experience too, where all of a sudden when you finally sort of process through something and you go, oh, I, it's, I, it's possible to feel good on a fairly consistent basis. That is possible. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've I'm like, do I, do I answer that guy? Yes, like, no, please. It's a conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, because I... <laughs> Because there's so much, yeah, there's so much to, to, yeah. to, especially with this particular topic. Mm -hmm. Um, I, in my own story, in my own hero's journey, I've, I've been dealt with the blow of profound loss in a completely different terms. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching how I'm choosing to, um, deal with that as I'm parenting mm. you know I, I'm dealing with like just a short, just a short version but yeah. I'm, I'm moving forward into parenthood dealing with like abandoned father and like I'm estranged from my mother so it's a very very twisted branch situation going on mm -hmm. and um and for many years, it was like, it was the thing that def defined me. Yeah. There's a very, you know, there's a, <laughs> we've been watching Kung Fu Panda like a bunch in this house. And there's a lot of, there's like a parallel there. It's like, well, are you, yeah, like, who are you, Poe? Like, are you the panda who, who's, you know, been um, marked by or defined by this, this loss? Um, so that's something that I, that's always in my head for me, but, um, but being able to, to ride the waves of grief yeah. because they come and they go. And sometimes like it, sometimes it, you know, I, I find like, Oh, and I'm now in like a, in a self-inquiry process with a guide who, um, is helping me out and to be able to notice like, Oh, if I can, if I can make space for those feelings for this hour or this day and just hide, you know, consider that tides go high and low, then, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. And 
to be able to reflect on the, all these uh, things, all these feelings as I move forward, but not be defined by them as I move forward into parenthood. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. And, and it's a similar, it's a similar sense for me. It's like, it's like, I feel these feelings wash through or these thoughts that pop out of, up out of nowhere sometimes. And I'm just like, Whoa, but I, to just sort of allow them to surface and then move on, you know, and, and my work to be to, to return to my essential nature. Right. And it's like, and, and sometimes those things require a little bit of, you know, like investigation, you got to dig down. What is that? Where's that coming from? How can I sort of root that out? Mm-hmm. You know, but, but as you do that work more and more, those thoughts and feelings and things, they'll come in, they'll kind of go like, you know, they'll rain, they'll do the little storm thing. And then, and then the clouds will pass. There's a lot of water in this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> There's the tea and there's waves and there's tides and there's, I love it. Like it's so, yeah. It's, yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, so I have a, I have a, I have a hallway skating uh, date that, date you need to get to. that I need to get to. <laughs> I, I, I don't, it's like having, having such a thoughtful conversation at this level, it's, it's always jarring to like, kind of ascend from, but I, I always want to bookmark with every guest. Um, and I am, yeah, I'm really grateful for the space um, and the time um, that we shared. I'm really grateful too. And I have <clears throat> to say like, this is one of my favorite things to do, which is just to contemplate and try to express. <laughs> yeah, expressing expressing the inexpressible is really exactly yes. what what people it would it would serve more people, especially right now because we're in a constant reactive reactive state driven by outrage and shock and uncertainty and yeah. So we'll talk next week. <laughs> yeah, great. Same time, same place. I'll see. I'll be right here. I'll probably have a different sweatshirt on, but <laughs> but the background will be the same, probably, yes. unless I'm in my car. So yeah, but yeah. I think car talk is really it's a whole it's a whole vista to explore. But Shannon, it's an, it's an honor and a privilege to have you and. Everyone should go either get a physical copy of Be Water, my friend, or do what I'm also going to do, which is to um, enjoy the audio version narrated by Shannon. Yeah. Well, thank you. And and thank you. And I, I, I really look forward to not only our next conversation in this space, but the opportunity to share tea with you in person yeah. whenever feels appropriate or safe. Yes. Definitely, I I definitely um, in in agreement. I'm all for it, um, and I really appreciate the ability to have this conversation with you. So thank you, thank you for asking me. My it's my my pleasure, absolute pleasure. Yeah. All, all right. right. Have a great weekend. Bye.
All right, you too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>